Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We're gonna get back into the Word of God together today. We began a new series on last week's broadcast, a series we're calling Faith for the Future. I wanna to talk to you today and over the next couple of weeks about your future, about what the Word of God has to say about your future. Right now, Sarah and I, our whole team, our staff, we are all living with the future on our minds. And we should be all the time, but now more than ever for us, because if you've, if you've stayed up to date with the last several weeks of broadcast, you know there's some big things going on around here, some big changes in our lives and in this ministry. We are packing up right now, and we are headed to Colorado. Fort Worth has been my home uh, for well, I'll be 40 this year and I was born and raised here. But just about 10 years ago, the Lord began putting new dream and new visions inside of me and inside of Sarah. And we just began to dream out loud about what the Lord had for us in our future. And we saw ourselves, like I said, almost 10 years ago, we began to see ourselves up in the mountains of Colorado with, with acreage and property and buildings and, and people to do life with and serve God with and to have a church. And that's what's happening. Right now, we are preparing for the launch of Legacy Church. And we're, we're, we're looking at the fall of this year. There's a lot to do, a lot to get done, but that's where we've set our sights to launch Legacy Church in the fall of this year, just outside of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And the Lord has brought a beautiful piece of property into our lives. And we're believing God right now to buy it up and build it out in Jesus' name. And so we're very excited, very stirred up about the future. But when we talk about these things, we, we, for the most part, we tell people and we get great response, right? I mean, people are excited for us. They're stirred up about the future and they think it's great. Sometimes you come across somebody that's like, how can you do that? How can you just pack up? How can you just move? You, you, you know, you, you don't, you haven't lived there before. You, you don't know the area. It's brand new. They don't, you can tell sometimes people have a hard time getting it into their heads, how this makes sense. But for you and for me, those of us who have committed to finding and following the plan of God for our lives and walking by faith all the steps between where we are and where He's called us to be, there are times that even though it seems big and even though it looks impossible, if you're living by faith, you know it's just the next thing you got to do. It's just the next step to take. And when we were praying over this really strong over the last several months, I put down in my notebook, I asked the Lord to show me what are the steps between Texas and Colorado. There are many steps to take between here and there. And when you approach life like that, you realize it's just a series of steps. And one step lays foundation for the next. And you don't have to worry about being all the way down the road. You just got to take the next step. Walk in the light that you've got. And I want to talk to you about the faith for the future that it takes to get you from where you are right here and now in the present on down the road into the plan of God and where he's called you to be. And we talked some from the scriptures uh, last week about what Jesus said in Mark 11, have faith in God. We won't take time to go back and look at it again, but I'll remind you, that's the answer to everything. What are we going to do? Have faith in God. How are we going to pay for this? Have faith in God. How are we going to build this church? How are we going to grow this church? Have faith in God. It's the answer. Not just for us as ministers in the ministry, but you. Whatever it is you do, 
in your family, in your business, in your finances, in whatever you set your hand to do. When you have a question, I'm telling you, the answer is always have faith in God. But what about the future? What about where we're headed? Again, you know, people can talk and do talk with great confidence and certainty about the present, about the here, about the now, about what they see, about what they feel, about what's going on right around them. But you ask that same person to describe the future. Tell me about where you're headed. And now all of a sudden they can't talk with that same level of confidence, that same level of certainty. Why? Because they don't see it. They haven't been there. They can't feel it. But for you and I in this house, the house of faith, we are supposed to be able to talk about our future with the same confidence that you talk about the present with. Can you do that? Can you talk about your future even though you haven't been there, you haven't seen it, you haven't tasted it, you haven't experienced it yet? Can you still talk about it with boldness and authority and confidence the way you would about the here and now? You need to be able to. We looked at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6 that says, Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. In other words, we're in his house if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of hope. See, hope has to do with the future. Hope's all about the future. Hope's all about the unseen. If you can see it, it's not hope. But if it's still unseen, it's hope. And in this house, Christ's house, the house of faith, we are supposed to be defined by our confident expectation of good in our future. It says again, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. You know, I mentioned this to you last week, but I'll say it again. This was one of the things that so astounded people about Jesus. It wasn't just the miracles, as astounding as they were. It wasn't just the signs. It wasn't just the wonders. You go back and look through the scripture and you will see that over and over again, people heard him speak and they said, where does he get these words? How is it he speaks, and this is the word they used, with this authority? Jesus spoke as one with authority. And even to the common people, the one with no scriptural education, the one with no real deep spiritual understanding, even to that man, to that woman, they saw a difference between Jesus and every other so-called religious person they'd ever experienced. And they said, this guy talks in a different way. It wasn't just the words, it was how he spoke them. It wasn't just what he said, it was how he said it. And that same thing is supposed to define you and define me. Not just what we say, but how we say it. You know, I got to be honest with you. That's what I'm looking for out of my own life as a minister. Because this world's got a bunch of preachers. There are a bunch of preachers in this world and a lot of them doing a lot of good. But you know what? If, if two of us are going to say the same thing and read from the same book, I want my words to be with that same authority that Jesus spoke with, that same confidence that Jesus spoke with. And you ought to want the same thing coming out of you to be able to talk about the unseen with certainty, to be able to declare over your future words of faith 
and words of confidence that your future is good, that your future is great, and that he who began a good work in you is faithful to finish it. Well, that's a different kind of boldness. That's a different kind of certainty. Everybody else can be bold about what they see. Can you be bold about what you don't see? Listen to this again from the book of Hebrews. Let's move on in this. In chapter four, let me read several verses to you. Some here from chapter four, we'll look also at chapter 10. But listen to these words. Just start in verse 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So he's talking to us about what we say. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly. How does the Bible tell you to come? Boldly. You need to say that out loud right now, wherever you are watching this. Boldly. And you can't say boldly all sad and all sheepishly. You got to say boldly, boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So put these things together that we're reading here. He's talking to us about holding fast our confession. That's exactly what we read in chapter three, verse six. If we hold fast the confidence. So here in chapter four, he's talking to us about our confession. What's coming out of your mouth? But then he says in verse 16, let us therefore come how? Oh, come on, shout it out loud again. Boldly before the throne of grace. Now you've got to remember, this is the book of Hebrews that we're reading from. This is being written to Hebrew people. People who for all their lifetimes and for the generations before them were taught that you don't come boldly. I mean, you go back all the way to the Old Testament and you find that God's presence dwelt in a very specific place, in a very specific location, and not just anybody was allowed in there. One individual, that high priest, now we're reading about our high priest, but you go back and read about their high priest in that Old Testament, only one dude <laughs> was allowed in there and he better be clean. You know what I mean? Because if he comes into that presence of God, full of sin, then there's a good chance he's not coming out. As a matter of fact, I've heard people say that they used to wrap a rope around him. I don't know if it was around his foot or his waist, but whatever it was, it was like, you go in there and if you're not out in 15 minutes, <laughs> then we are dragging you out because I am not going in there to get you. I will drag your dead body out of there, but I'm not going in to get you. Now this, this instruction to come how? boldly before the throne of grace is being written to people who've been living under that understanding of the presence of God their whole lifetime. And he's writing to them and all of a sudden he's saying, hey, guys, listen, we've got a new high priest and he's gone in for us. Now you come in. Yeah, come on in, come boldly. And I imagine there's a bunch of people who are reading this letter going, you go boldly. I'm not going in there. You go, let's see what happens to you. But see, there's an understanding that's got to take place of what's happened in and through Jesus and the change that took place in the change of the high priest, the one who represents God to man and man 
to God. And because Jesus is our high priest, he has opened up the doors to the throne room of grace and has invited you and me to come boldly to the throne. Boldly, not in fear, not in fear over judgment, not in fear of condemnation, not in fear of being struck down or struck dead because of sin. Come boldly because this is the throne of grace. And at this throne of grace, guess, guess what you find? Grace and help when you need it. And he's saying, come and come boldly. But this word boldly is interesting. Now remember, we're talking about our confession, what's coming out of our mouth. This word boldly, when you look it up, it literally means unreservedness of speech. It has to do with not just what you say, but how you say it. See, again, this is supposed to be one of those things that defines the born-again believer. Is that, yes, I know our words are different, and we're taught to confess the word. We're taught to declare the word. But I want to add this layer to your faith. It's not just what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. Are you confidently declaring good things over your future? Are you confidently expecting to see good and to see grace in your future? See, faith for the future, it's not just about what you're saying, it's about how you're saying it. Stay here in the book of Hebrews and look at chapter 10. You see some of these same things. In Hebrews chapter 10, says in verse 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, there you see it again, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Well, could you say that the house of God is the house of faith? Absolutely. This is the household of faith. This is the house. It's his house. He's the daddy in this house. He's the father of this house. And we have a high priest over this house. And he said in verse 20, again, well, verse 19, back up, we have boldness to enter the holiest. Boldness to go into that place that people didn't dare to go just generations before this. And now you've been invited there. I mean, what... What would give you boldness to go into somebody else's house, huh? What would give you boldness to just walk into somebody's house with confidence? Well, I'll tell you one thing that would give you boldness and confidence to go into another place. One, if you've been invited there, if you've been asked to come, because an invitation to come into that house is an indication you are wanted there. Oh, come on. Are you listening to me right now? An invitation into somebody's home, if they've, if they've extended an invitation to you, called you, written to you and said, please come to my house, come at this time on this day, what, what does that reveal to you? They want you there. They want you there. You and I have been invited into the holiest place into the throne of grace. And that invitation is a crystal clear indication He wants you there. Your heavenly Father wants you there. And you can come boldly just knowing that. 
And what a different idea that is to a natural king or a natural kingdom. I mean, there were times and there were kingdoms where if you came into the presence of the king and you hadn't been asked and you weren't invited and they didn't want you there, that was reason enough to take your head off your shoulders and end you right then. But that is not the way we approach our father. We approach him with boldness because he wants us there. He's invited us to be there. And you can come with boldness knowing what's waiting for you when you get there. It's not judgment. It's not condemnation. It's not shame. It's grace. It's mercy. It's help. And all of that is waiting for you right here at this throne. So come running in Jesus' name. Come by this, what the scripture called a new and living way. Did you notice that in verse 20, a new and living way, which he, he consecrated. So what's the opposite of a new and living way? What would that be? An old and dead one, right? This is a new and living way. That was an old and dead one. The old and dead way was you coming with confidence in what you had done. The old and dead way was I'm confident in how, how perfectly I've kept the rules, how perfectly I fulfilled the law, which of course nobody had been perfect in fulfillment of it until Jesus. So nobody had confidence. You see what I'm saying to you? That old and dead way, the only thing you had was self-righteousness. The only thing you had to be confident in was, did I keep it all just right? Did I do it all just right? Did I say it all just right? And the answer was, no, you didn't. But I thank God that's an old and dead way. And the new and living way is that Jesus did it all just right. Jesus kept it all perfectly. And Jesus has said it, said everything just the right way. And when you come in through him, now you're coming in the new and living way. And there's boldness for you in that way. But again, that boldness is this unreservedness of speech. Let me read to you some of the further definitions of this word. Listen to this. This word boldness literally means freedom in speaking, unreservedness of speech. I told you that openly, frankly, without concealment free and fearless confidence. And a lot of this, all of it, if you're looking at it, has to do with the way you're talking. Your future is in your words. Your future is being framed right now by the words that are coming out of your mouth. And if you'd spent any time at all looking at what we're talking about, boldness, you would see scripture after scripture after scripture that deals the same word translated boldness has to deal with the confidence in which you speak, the confidence with which you speak. Paul prayed it. He said, pray that I'd have boldness. Uh, let me show this to you in the book of Acts. We've got just a couple of minutes. The Bible can make this a whole lot clearer than I can. So look at with me in the book of Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four is, 
immediately after Acts chapter 3. You probably knew that already, but in Acts chapter 3 is where the lame man was healed at the gate called Beautiful. And Peter and John had had boldly declared the word to him, grabbed him by the hand, jerked him up, and immediately the Bible says his feet and ankle bones uh, received strength. And people were astounded by this. And uh, many people began to persecute Peter and John because of it. But in verse 13 of Acts chapter 4, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. See, they were just preaching. They were just up there preaching. You back up a few verses and you hear what they preached about it. Peter looked right into the face of people, these religious people. And he said in verse 10, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. How many know that took some boldness to say that? Whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That took some boldness to look at these people in the eye and say, you crucified him and yet he's the one that healed this man and it's by him and by his name only that men can be saved. That took boldness. How many of you know that was unreservedness of speech? Now notice what happened when these people saw this and heard it. Verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, they weren't used to people without an education speaking up. Because until then, the only person who had any right or any reason to speak boldly or to speak confidently was the one who was confident in themselves, confident in their education, confident in their training, confident in their heritage, in their lineage. But now all of a sudden, you've got two guys speaking up and speaking boldly, not just what they said, but how they said it. And everybody out there knew these guys aren't formally educated or for formally educated. They, these guys aren't spiritual know-it-alls, scriptural know-it-alls, and yet they declared this with boldness and it was proof and evidence of one thing. They'd been with Jesus. That same evidence will be manifest in your life and mine. Evidence and proof that we've been with Jesus. When we can declare boldly in the face of so-called political correctness, in the face of public pressure to back down from what we believe and in whom we believe, it's time for you and I to be bold and declare with boldness and confidence and certainty who Jesus is, who He is in us, and who we are in Him, and how bright our future is in Him. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.